Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I am Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a couple of comic books that came out this week, this very day. we got a DC-heavy stack, so I hope Ooh. you guys in Washington, D.C. are ready, because we're going to talk about a bunch of governmental comics. Yeah, shout out to everybody leading the nation. Yeah. Uh, first up, we got the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez comic book. Then we... <laughs> That's real. That is real. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we're not going to talk about no. that. Though. Yeah, cool. All right. First one we're going to talk about from DC Comic Books is Batman Last Night on Earth, number one. Whoa. This is from DC Black Label, but it is the continuation and end of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's very long run on the title. Amazing it's, run. Amazing run. They did the main Batman title. They also did Dark Knight's Metal is considered part of that. There's been a couple of other tales throughout that they've worked on together. Uh, the Batman Who Laughs. The Batman Who Laughs. That was Jock. Jock does True, that. true, true. But yeah. that's, as a continuation of the vision of Scott Snyder. Sure, Snyder's. exactly. And it's definitely tying together a lot of the things that Scott Snyder has been writing about in the books. We're going to get into spoilers for this because there's a lot of stuff to talk about here. So spoilers, three, two, one. Pete, you have a question. Yeah. How long is this arc? I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. how. Many okay. Issues. Great right. question. Yeah. Great question. Great. Good spoilery question to kick things off, too. Yeah. yeah, well, I just wanted to know, you know, because it seems like we need more after this. There will be more than one issue. Okay, yes, this is not the last know. issue. Okay, great. <laughs> Do you know what? Teed me off is the to be continued at the end. That gave yeah. me like a little clue that there might be more of this. That was. I don't know. We'll clue. see what happens, though. We'll see if it, this Batman character gets picked up. Well, I didn't know if it was like a 12 issue thing or, you know. Yeah, it's definitely a short run. All of the black label books are mature reader books. Um, I thought that they were out of continuity. This one is technically not out of continuity, even though time wise, it takes itself out of continuity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like it's it's not in continuity, but it's like right near continuity. Right, exactly. So for those of you who had read uh, or have read Scott Snyder's run, you know that he's 
essentially got to the end of the Batman mythos and showed that there's a time where Batman knew he was going to die, created a machine that would continually clone him so there would always be a Batman in Gotham. Uh, and this... Sort of fucked up to the whole Robin program. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, it's kind of like, hey, Robin, I don't fucking trust you at all. Yeah, if you had a... It's a, a slap in the face. If you had a son and you were like, hey, someday this will all be yours. Just kidding. I'm cloning <laughs> myself. Get a life. I'm going to live forever. I'd watch that version of The Lion King, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> <laughs> someday all this will always be mine, idiot. Go Hakuna Matata your ass into the woods. So the beginning of the book starts off as a very typical Batman mystery. He's following along. Somebody is drawing a chalk line over the course of weeks on the Gotham grounds. It looks like a chalk outline from a police uh, investigation Mm. uh, where Batman has died. And the heart of the character that is being drawn is in Crime Alley. He goes there, sees a dead kid who is powered by clockworks, shoots Batman, and then Batman wakes up in Arkham Asylum where he's told this has all been a dream. You're not Batman. You killed your own parents. And all of these villains you've been fighting, they're not real. They're all doctors who've been trying to help you. And then there's another twist that happens. As if that's not enough. Yeah, where it turns yeah. out that Alfred did all of this to, I guess, ease this clone of Batman into... To try to give him a real life for Bruce Wayne. So he was right. going to live in this underground Truman Show-esque world for the rest of his life. Sort of seems unlikely since Batman's whole thing is like knowing when someone's fooling right, him. Right, exactly. Uh, but Alfred goes way out of his way to make a little special world for him. Bruce Wayne catches on to it, Batman catches on to it, and he's like, fuck this. Right, and he escapes, and then it essentially becomes old man Batman as he travels through this post-apocalyptic yeah, he's wasteland. Young, but uh, he's yeah. not old. Uh, sure, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, he's you lost pop. me. Is he going to pop his batarangs? That's what I want to know. That's oh, true, man. Uh, and he meets various characters. He's trying to figure out what's gone wrong with the entire world. Uh, we get little hits of it. Uh, he, you must have loved this as a fan of Headlopper. He picks up the severed head of the Joker. Yeah. That becomes his buddy as they travel across this post-apocalypse Apparently that's wasteland. a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. You don't yeah. have a head? I don't. I don't have a head that I talk to. I'm waiting to get your head. Oh, well, keep waiting. Keep That's one way of getting ahead in business <laughs> oh, without really trying. Yeah, it's good. I'm uh, Alex. Thanks for listening to the stage. And Alex just retired. <laughs> I guess we'll have his head. Oh, Here's the ooh. secret. Alex has been ahead for years. Yes. So lots of crazy, trippy stuff happening in this comic book. Uh, certainly lots of themes that Scott Snyder has been following all along his run coming to bear here. Uh, Greg Capullo, as always, amazing on the so art. So good. What did you guys think about this book? Well, I really love the art. Uh, it was great to see this team back together. Had a nice nostalgic feel and got me very excited. Reminded oh. you of earlier this year? <laughs> yes. Yes, it did, you okay. asshole. Really took you back. Anyways, moving uh, late, on. Late 2018. <laughs> oh, those were the times, man. I was <laughs> so young. Was so fresh. Yes. We were doing the stack back then. Oh, man. Really I remember that. Yeah, yeah you remember that? That was that a comic funny. review podcast. It was Pete, came Alex, out and Justin. <laughs> no, Justin wasn't there. He wasn't there yet. He yeah, comes he on came later. In later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different yeah. podcast back then. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, this team working together makes me very happy. I was just a. I thought there were a little bit too many twists for me to follow. 
Uh, I, I just wish they kind of went with one and then maybe next comic had another reveal. It was mm. a lot. It was a lot because then I stopped t- trusting what was actually happening because there were so many I twists. think that's the point, though, right? I don't think we've reached the final reveal of what's going on here yeah, at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the villain is teased as someone who is a Gothamite, and not only that, someone that Batman knows, which I thought Hush. was... That will be a twist later right. on, I'm and the, sure. And the uh, villain is called Omega. Omega. Um, I assume that's Batman, right? Omega, like yeah, you're like yeah. Well, and also the the person who shoots him in the beginning is him, uh, right? Boy, the boy version of him. So yeah, I feel like it's going to be something that just reflects back on him. Right. I feel particularly like- because it's the last night on Earth. It's the final Batman story. Yeah. Having Batman fight Batman makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and also it sort of closes the loop on the Batman Infinity clone project, which feels mm-hmm. like something that's, that's a great idea, very cool, but it's also something I feel like Batman wouldn't want in right. general, is right. to have the same dude fighting for all of time. Um, I like this a lot, especially once we got into the twists, because I feel like I've read, we've read so many stories uh, involving Batman reinvestigating his parents' death. I feel like lately, especially, that's been a jumping off point to go into, like, actually, have you thought about this take Fresh on it? take. The... the parents are cloned or like Batman's this way. Joker does this thing. And so like when we started there, I was like, oh, I feel like I've seen this so much lately. But when it got out of that, I thought it was great. Really. I love when Scott Snyder really blows out a story and gets to like and have all these other characters. Yeah. In I it. was also really happy that we weren't actually going for the, oh, he was an insane asylum the entire time story. Yeah. yeah. So it really was once they settled on the old bad Batman story, I, I was he into wasn't that. old though. He's young. Okay, I get it. Oh god. Yeah, and you say man twice there, so really just be yeah. old Batman. <laughs> yeah, or you could <laughs> or just old say old man bat. Oh yeah. No, no old man bat is. <laughs> Why don't you just thing. say young, young Batman? <laughs> you know what you guys? How about right. young Batman? Everyone else is old. What if it's like Batman Begins? Oh, all right. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that That's makes the sense. most clear way to say it. Yeah. Cool. Moving on to an image comic book, Ascender number two. We really enjoyed the first issue of this book and the previous series, Descender, where that was a sci-fi series. This is more of a magic focus series, in, uh, including some of the main characters as they fight a big evil witch who's tried to take over the galaxy is essentially what it boils down to. Yeah, she sort of did already. Uh, yeah, this... Comic is so good. Great. So good. The The, art alone is worth picking up. Yeah, very good art by uh, Dustin Wen, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love um, the first series, Descender, was like, oh, man, robots are cool. This one is like, fuck robots. Yeah. Which is... Right. And so what's happening here is we have uh, a young girl who essentially... She finds the dog robot for the first series and that brings the entire universe down on her. It's a nice parallel of what happened in the first series with yeah. Tim 21, the boy robot there. We also get a mention of him. Uh, and we're going to meet some more characters from Descender as well. This is a very, very cool sequel, which you probably should read Descender beforehand, but Definitely. you don't... Well, I, you don't need to. I think you can you go in need fresh to, and still get the sense of it. Yes, uh, th- we're in the phase of, like, let's get the gang back together, and yeah. it helps to have read the first series and know who the gang is, but I agree with you. You can't just come in and be like, oh, that person's the sort of stoic captain who their life got fucked up. Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit for the first issue, but I was struck again reading this one how the design of the villain is so instantly iconic. Like, it's basically... Sort of a granny goodness with black lipstick, but there's something about it that's instantly so evil and so hateable. It's perfect. Wrinkles. 
Also, she like pulls a, her eyeball out. That's, uh, I don't like old Batman, and I don't like old women. Yeah. Wow. That's limiting. Yeah, that's really <laughs> fucked up. But there's yeah, the of, whole there's eyeball. There's a lot of youngsters that I hang out with. Yeah, uh, definitely that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the whole eyeball thing was super creepy, man. Pulling yeah. an eye out? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get on to another creepy comic book from Marvel Comics, Hulk number 18, another book that we've absolutely been loving. Uh, Hulk has been dealing with a lot of stuff, or rather Bruce Banner has, as multiple versions of his Hulk personality have been emerging, including Joe Fixit, who hasn't been around for a real long time. And they've mentioned that a couple times in the comic. Yeah, he's a gambler. Well, in this one, we get like a, literally a card is held up that says, here are the Hulks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which I thought that was sort of funny. Uh, it's great. Uh, in this issue, a new... Oh, Slash old abomination is chasing after the Hulk, a.k.a. the Devil Hulk, which is the main Hulk that we've been following throughout this series, uh, as well as Bruce Banner, as well as Mr. Fix-It. Uh, we see a couple of other aspects of things. We've been wondering where Betty went to. We find out this issue. That's pretty upsetting. Uh, the design of all the characters is so gross and upsetting yeah, and well done. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Great stuff. I love this book so much. It's really good. It's horrifying on a personal level for the characters and horrifying on a big level with all the stuff that's happening to them. It's great. Now, there's a big move that happens in this issue. They have a discussion at one point, uh, which we've talked about a lot on the podcast, about whether the Hulk has ever killed anybody. And they double down on the assertion that Adamadeus Cho had uh, that the Bruce Banner is always working the angles and making sure the Hulk never killed anybody. We know in this series that the Devil Hulk actually has killed somebody for the yes. first time. And it turns out that it seems Bruce Banner is working with the Devil Hulk to maybe destroy all of humanity. Right. What do you think about that move? That's uh, that's the opposite of what normally happens. So that's uh, no Hulk smash, right? But smash humanity. Yeah, I mean that's a good way to be left alone. You just kill everybody off. That way you can really have some alone time. Yeah, that's isn't that what we all want? Uh Pete smash. <laughs> I just uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, this comic has been fantastic. You know, a lot of people are really into this horror Hulk and that kind of stuff. I, I want my old Hulk back. Like, I'm glad other people are having fun with Hulk, but I'm getting a little like, okay, I want my toy back to play with, guys. Man, I don't know. I love this new mode of storytelling, and it's yeah. including so many aspects of the Hulk's history. What I loved about this issue in particular, and I... I don't think they were just casual mentions because this doesn't seem like the series that casually mentions stuff. We get to see Rick back in the most horrifying way possible. We get to see Harpy Betty, which is a real big throwback from back in the day. Uh, but also there's two mentions. One, he talks about Margot, who's a character from the Peter David Joe Fixit run, yeah. where he's like, hey, I wonder what happened to her, which seems like we're going to find that out pretty yeah, soon. love it. And the other one that they almost touch on with their... Marlo, uh, Marlo. Marlo, thank you. Uh, when they're talking about the list of Hulks, is he's like, yeah, you, he's trying to figure out, should we call him the Devil Hulk? And he's like, well, I guess we probably should call you the Mice. And then he gets cut off before he says Maestro. And that's another Hulk that hasn't really been brought in. And yeah. I feel like we're going to get that suit as well. It's great. Oh, it's so awesome. good. Justin Happy. I can't believe you turned against this. Well, yeah. <laughs> Good explanation. It's taking something I loved and turned into a horror movie. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
I don't know what to tell you. It's we great. have the devil Pete has taken over. <laughs> yeah, the devil Pete is the cob Pete who's just fine with stuff and kind of bummed out rather than screaming about it. Yep. Yeah. Moving back to DC Comics Doomsday Clock number 10. This issue finally came out. Uh, this series has seen quite a delay as Gary Frank and Jeff Johnson have been working through it. Um, but uh, I'll say I respect the fact that they do want to finish it on their own terms. This issue that was flashing back in time, it's showing how Dr. Manhattan came to the DC universe Things he started to change. There's big changes to history. We've been a little back and forth about this series, I think. How'd you feel about this issue? The thing with this series is the individual issues are really good. It's great comic book storytelling. It's uh, dealing with big themes uh, like how time is presented in comics, I feel like, is touched on in this this book. Uh, How... Just continuity in general, like what point it serves. It feels like that's what Dr. Manhattan is sort of like moving around, shifting things. And I feel like that's such a big part of the DC universe that maybe that's a realization they're going to come to at the end of it. But because of the delays, I feel like that has really harmed the book. I mean, usually not a big, I don't have a big problem with something like that. But this story feels so stretched and it feels so like just disjointed because of the time. I feel I wish they could hold up the publishing schedule till they do finish the books and then release them all at once, all back to back. What do you think, Pete? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it sucks when books don't come out, but I, I just think that, like, you know, they're doing a really good job of, like, kind of really taking the time telling the story, and it's a huge story. Last time we were talking about the lack of Dr. Manhattan, Dr. Manhattan was the focus here. So you got no, no, a lot he was, of... He was in the last issue. That was the one where well, he was fighting everybody on Mars. Oh, okay. Maybe that was two issues ago when we See, were See, that's like, what I'm saying. It's disjointed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or we just forget stuff. One of the two. One yeah. of the two. But anyways... Uh, memory. You know, if you love Blue Who's Man Who's messing with our fucking memories? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's Is just, it fucking you, Pete? It's time. Are you doing it, Pete? It's just time. It's fucking... You know what this book reminds me of? Uh, Watchmen. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'll tell you that what, actually. My major quibble with this particular issue, which, to your point, it's really well done. Jeff great. Johns is writing it well. Gary Frank's art is phenomenal. The layouts phenomenal. are great. The storytelling is good. But my issue is that it's not Watchmen. Stuff happened in Watchmen every issue. Yeah. And this issue is filling in the gaps but it doesn't feel like a lot is happening. It's yeah. more explanation of things, yeah. yeah, which is a much more modern mode of storytelling, but it feels like it slots in between another couple of things, and because you have that gap, it's frustrating to read, and you want them to get to stuff. Like, I think yes. there is probably a more concise way of telling the story. I think that's why, it, it, paired with the delays, it feels so sure. thin, uh, because it's not a lot is happening when you do but get the issue. But we needed this issue. Like, this was an issue that really kind of explained a lot of things, especially why the series is happening. And it's kind of like a big reveal at the end that you kind of don't see coming. And that I was glad for this issue because it really was like, okay, this is what this whole thing's about. This is where it's going. So I was like, okay, finally, thank you. Yeah. just feels like when you get it, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to drink this soda. And you'd find out it's a seltzer. I like seltzer, first of all. Uh, but I get but your when point. You know what I'm saying? Where you're like, ah, this is going to be like really sweet and yeah, bubbly. Yeah. And then you just get a little faint yeah, taste I, of orange. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Just like I, a little like... Like I don't a, know. Have you ever had that uh, orange vanilla seltzer? Real good. It's like drinking a creamsicle that melted in some fizzy water. Don't know. Oh, that sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. 
I don't know. Great, good Real talk, guys. Seltzer guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I do. It's, I'm a big uh, seltzer guy. I got a soda stream and everything. Not, I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag, guys. Well, that guy I, makes his own seltzer over I, here. I, I do. Come over anytime. I'll pour you a nice glass of seltzer. Seltzer Hulk. Uh, I, I am <laughs> that personality. If I could talk about the comic a little bit here, guys. Please. Uh, I'm back on board with this uh, uh, event after this Doomsday issue. Doomsday Yep. Nice. Huh. Interesting. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. You're very topsy-turvy this episode of our podcast. It's interesting. Well, it's just one of those things where it's like some of the issues I was like, I don't understand where it's going. But this issue, I'm like, okay, now I can understand. Can I uh, replace, uh, can I uh, throw out another theory? Sure. Um, so, I, Pete, you were just in Ireland for a week, right? That is correct. Were you <laughs> replaced by a changeling? No. Ooh, an mm. Irish folk here thing. <laughs> 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 I don't know. You are wearing a green shirt right now. So, did then, you wish to a leprechaun that you'd have calmer comic book opinions? Did no. you make? Let's just say, make it more general. Did you make any wishes with a leprechaun? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Be honest. I was am. one of your wishes that you wouldn't tell us about your wishes? No. Uh, yeah, are you forbidden? Just nod if you're not, not allowed to forbidden. talk about it by yeah. magic. I didn't run into any leprechauns, guys. Okay, we'll see. Okay. Do you keep stone hedging your bets? <laughs> oh, wow. That's, Here, not, that's <laughs> not accurate. Moving on to Image Comics Black Science number 40. We are coming to the end of the run of this book. There are three more issues. Originally, there were two more. They added then, one because of the telling the story. I love so it. So much. It's like unpeeling an onion. In this book, uh, so unpeeling and onion—I don't know. Or really? chef no wonder you're no. making seltzer. Someone else is doing the cooking in your Come house. Come over, of, uh, I did seltzer anytime. <laughs> oh, man. Nice, um, a nice frosty onion seltzer. Melt a little creamsicle in it. Yeah. Oh, you rub you rub the onion around the the rim. <laughs> Can we talk about the comic, creamsicle please? seltzer with an onion rim? <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> onion rim. <laughs> you are the worst. <laughs> Uh, I love this comic. It's been very good. It's probably too complicated to get into the actual story right now. Oh my God, it's God. one of the most... Uh, I am so glad they had the recap at the beginning of this yeah. comic because it's a shit ton. There's a lot going on. There's a ton of characters. It's about like uh, traveling between dimensions and how that you make a lot of Ripple mistakes. Effect, yeah. But uh, what's great, what Rick Remender does with this series is he really gets into um, how the, the life, the things that happen to you in your life end up having big echoes in what you do. And in this case... It ruined the entire universe for our main character, Grant. And it's just a great family story where everybody fucks up. Really fun. You think it's great the way he's crying at the end because his whole family's murdered in no, front of him? I think it's a great story. That's oh. a lot of tears, by the way, in the art. Just like yeah. pouring down yeah. his face. Well, it's it's been hours of torture. He also has a very long face. Might be the onion rim on his ring. <laughs> Probably. Oh, do you think he was not crying? He he's might just, just like, be happy and it's just the onion rim. I love uh, a creamsicle seltzer. Wow. What did you think, Alex? <laughs> Wait, you were just looking at Pete, though. I know, but I want to make so Pete happy misdirect. by moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I like this book a lot. I like that we have, despite how complicated it's gotten, actually simplified it here at the end yeah. by whittling away all of the alternate universes, getting to a situation where you have one May villain who is leading all of the other villains and has said... This is the one universe. There are no other choices. This is the last chance you have. That's great. Like I, yeah. I wanted to see them come around to the concept again at the end, come around to the alternate universes. But 
for a final battle, it simplifies things in a very good way. It's great. I also like the kind of like as the villains monologuing, you know, the kind of reveal at the end. It was really badass. It really did a great job of building to yeah. that. It's great. I'm very excited to see how they end this series. Moving on to Thor number 13 from Marvel Comics. This is continuing Board of the Realms. What Jason Aaron is doing in the Thor comic book is he's focusing on individual characters and not side stories, but big stories that will tie in, but fleshing out a lot of the information of the main title. Here we get to see uh, Cole, Kor, the God of Fear. What's the name? Cole. Cole. Cole, the God of Fear. Cole Cole Borson. Uh, the God of Fear, uh, and find out what he has been up to during the War of Realms, uh, what he was doing, what was going on. Uh, this is a really good story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I liked what Jason did with the overall arc of Cole, paralleling him with Thor and Loki, with Odin and Cole. Um, I thought it was real good. Yeah, it was some great kind of backstory, some like information about Odin's life and kind of like the stuff that he had to deal with. A lot of hammer lifting in his family. Yeah, uh, and it was cool because it kind of uh, mirrored uh, Thor and Loki kind of growing up a little bit. Yeah, I just said that. I just said that, buddy. I'm sorry for agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. You repeat shit all the time, you asshole, so don't fucking get on me about it. I don't repeat shit all the time. Don't get on me about it. Call Odin. Stop arguing. (laughs) All right. But yeah, I I really, I thought it was very smart, really well done. And it wasn't just like, here's other shit that's going on in this big battle. It made it really feel and have meaning. So I very much appreciate it. That was some great storytelling, some fantastic action. Art is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a fun story. It's sort of touched only a little bit on the, the big battle. But it was a nice uh, little, the God of Fear found something else. I also liked life. how Odin was kind of talking about the fake Thor, and then Thor was defending her. I thought that was great. Yeah. You love Jane Foster. She is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Probably the best Thor. Huh. Wow. Wow. You have interesting opinions about Thor and the Hulk that I would not expect, Beat. Fuck you. You're a changeling. All right, let's move on to DC Comics Heroes in Crisis number nine, wrapping up the series. It's all done. It's all come down to this. We've already found out that Wally West killed a bunch of heroes and then traveled back in time to kill himself. Uh, What? Yeah, I was pretty upset about it. Yeah. Uh, This issue doesn't exactly redeem him, but sort of figures things out. Uh, Talk about the series as a whole. How'd you guys feel about it? How'd you feel about this issue? How do you think it wrapped up? I really don't care. I want to know how are you mentally dealing with this? Like, how are you? Are you pissed? Are you, like, going to write a letter to DC? Like, how are you doing with all of this? Uh, this issue, you love Wally West. I do love Wally I'm West. This. this issue was a way of pedaling back a little bit, I would say, to get him to a place where he can be a hero again, where he has not killed dozens of people uh, and left them for dead, not killed himself. They kind of figure it out through booster gold logic, which is, yeah, we'll figure it out later through time travel. I don't know, which I was a little iffy about. And that's sort of the point. Um Wally West eventually takes the fall anyway. He goes to prison for it, uh, but the option is there for him to come back. Um, my big bubber about the series and the Wally West of it all is it felt like, and maybe this is because of the Doomsday Clock de- delays, but it felt like Wally West was being brought back for this bigger story to set up what was going on with Doomsday Clock and the changes in the DC universe. 
And that, uh, excuse the phrase, justened out a little bit uh, <laughs> eventually. And instead, they went in this direction where he became a big killer and a murderer. Um, I would have preferred that he was a big hero that saved the DC Universe, to be frank. Right. That's my take on it. And overall, I like the series. Uh, Clayman's art was stunning throughout. Uh, the way that he draws figures and heroes is absolutely gorgeous. Sure um, I like the new take on Poison Ivy that is introduced in this issue. I thought that was yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, I, as a Wally West fan, I felt a little better after this issue, but I was still bummed about how the story turned out for him. Yeah. I like this series a lot. I know this has been a controversial series for a lot of people, but, and talk about all the changes with Batman that were announced this week as well. But I feel like what Tom King does is he, he's, he's telling a story. He doesn't feel that same nostalgia, or he doesn't write toward the nostalgia you're having for Wally West. He takes this bright character and says, okay, what if I took one of the brightest characters in the DC universe and had them deal with the actual shit that they have to deal with on a regular basis? He goes into crisis where he makes a bunch of mistakes, and this redeemed the character, like you said, but it also didn't erase the mistakes he made because that's the point of the series, is that superheroes don't ever have to deal with the shit in their lives, and in this issue, uh, throughout the story, as they're wrapping it up, we see a ton of heroes in the DC universe having their testimonial and basically saying their their issue, their, like, mental problem that they have, and I loved that. I, I loved that it we got to see... It was kind of cool to see, yeah. like, the stuff they're dealing with. Plus the way all Tom, the Robins and all that. That yeah, was hysterical. Very good. The way that Tom King can just boil down each character that he wrote in this issue into an essence and then react to it, I thought was just so good. He's such a great writer. Uh, I'm sad that he's been catching some shit about this and the Batman book. Um, because a storyteller that takes these risks, we have to back and push rather than like be like, okay, let's take away 15 issues and do all that. Yeah, I completely agree with you about the testimonials. The idea that he can boil down those characters to one sentence is super impressive. Yeah, or sometimes uh, no did you, How'd you feel about the vision Easter egg, Pete? Love that. Yeah? Did you pick yeah, it up? Was, it was all right. Did you pick it up? Yeah, yeah, I got it. You got it? Yeah, when he's sitting there thinking about having a family. Yeah, Red Tornado's Tornado is going to have a family. He's, he's like, a robot. Could, yeah, nothing could possibly go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. Cool. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Ooh, yeah, I was happy. That's the first thing that's gone wrong, right, Pete? You get what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of like the way they dealt with it. They didn't erase it all. They kind of had the mistakes happen. And I also kind of like the fact that showing how things weigh on superheroes and... Uh, you know, their their people too was very powerful and very cool. I also really liked the Har- Harley Quinn moment where she need him in the balls. I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. And then the kind of like r- running across the field for a loved one. It's just there's a lot of small big moments in this stuff, so it's great. To your point, Justin, I think what a lot of people don't like about this is that it makes them feel uncomfortable rather than triumphant. And I think there is a place for that. I think what people need to understand is you have the majority of superhero comics or superheroes saying, yeah, I'm going to punch this thing and I punch this thing and I won. Hooray. If you have one comic where it does make you feel a different way, that's okay because they're entertaining. It's good. It's healthy. Uh, It's important that not every comic just amounts to like the the kneeing him in the balls, I think was a gesture to that. Like, don't worry, guys. Comics are still comics. Harley Quinn's going to knee him in the balls on the way yeah. out the door. Yeah. Great, but also like, there's just so many more ideas here, and it's just I like to 
it'd be able to expand the field a little bit and get more variety in my stories. The other thing, just the last note that I'll say about it, and this is reiterating what you said, but each of those panels, as I was reading it, I felt like, oh, any of those panels, one panel of one person's head in a sentence could be spun off into their own comic book series. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. Great. It's good. I hope people follow up on it. I hope we see more that comes out of it. Um, and I hope Wally West triumphantly becomes a superhero again because, you know, fuck books like this. Okay, let's move on. No, I'm kidding. It's great. Uh, Boom Studios Angel number one. This is spinning out of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series. It's focusing on the character of Angel. If you haven't been reading that, this is a rebooted, renewed universe that takes place now. It is very similar to the characters you know, but a little bit different. Uh, you guys have been a little back and forth about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. How'd you feel about Angel? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Pete, seeding his time. Oh, great. I'll take my time and Pete's time. Uh, this is fun. <laughs> oh, no. I see my time. I see my time. Uh, no, I liked it all right. Uh, I'm not a crazy Buffy guy. Um, yeah. I like the new series, though it felt like you're hanging out with friends where you're like, you guys know each other better than this. Why are you acting weird? Uh, and this it feels a little bit like that. I like the backstory that we get in yeah. the first half of this this issue. So I'm excited to see uh, how that plays in. Um, and actually, the back end, I thought, was uh, horrifying and sort of... Feels like it's there's a, a social media component that we're going to be dealing with here, and that was cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Those are the elements that I liked as well. I felt like the angel in the present. I didn't know why we had a spinoff series about him already, other than Boom needs to put out a lot of comic book series, which is fine. I get that. We all have businesses and stuff, um, but. I, I don't know what the point of that character or the difference is, but the designs of the characters in particular, there's so much that could be reinvented in terms of old Angel, and that's what they're doing here. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. You mean, I, you, I think you mean young Angel. Oh, yes. Sorry, I mean uh, young Pickles. I don't remember what we were talking Pickles. about. Wow. Good old, guess, Pickles. It's been a shot. long podcast, Pickle it guys. up. Uh, we need to pick up the pace. I mean, the <laughs> the art's good. The story's interesting. I, I, you know, Angel is, and I'm not like, oh yeah, Angel. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I it did a good enough job where I'll pick up the next one. But I wasn't like, holy shit, this is amazing. All right, last one we're going to talk about from DC Comics as well. Superman Leviathan Rising, number one. This is kicking off the big event Leviathan that Brian Michael Bendis has been building up to for a little while in the Superman books. Uh, and it's also kicking off a Lois Lane book and a Jimmy Olsen book. So we get hints of those throughout yeah. the book as well. Um, I really like this a lot. I was yeah. very surprised how much I liked this issue. I thought it was real good. How did you guys too. feel? I, this is the, the kind of storytelling that I expected from Bendis, where it's like a lot of things happening, but he we tells the story in a sort of a simple way so you can be on board with it. And he weaves together these three different things. The Jimmy Olsen stuff is like fun and weird. Uh, which Yeah, that's Matt Fraction, right? Uh, oh, is he, he's writing that separately? Yeah, it's oh. Matt Fraction is doing the Jimmy Olsen series with, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. I'll look it up in a second. And Greg Rucka is writing the Lois Lane series. So those bits are written by them. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, because they are fun and, and very Fraction-esque. Feels sort of like Casanova, but cartoon mm -hmm. uh, from from his world. Um, but yeah, this is this is a good sort of statement book um, about the Superman moving forward. I thought. How do you feel about it, Pete? I thought it was very uh, great start. Like, yeah, I definitely got excited for the story. A lot of crazy twists and turns. 
uh, and it was kind of cool the way we got information. And there was a lot of fun tension between the panels. Like that Amanda Waller kind of talk was really awesome, very powerful. And that wasn't was, Amanda Waller. Well, the they were talking about Amanda. Yeah, Waller. sure, sure. Okay, well, I was one person was disguising themselves. I wasn't sure. If it was like a Amanda Waller decoy or whatever, I do love the DEO as a, an organization. Yes, with uh, bones and all the the shit they deal with. Uh, just real quick, it's Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber. Steve Lieber did Superior Foes of Spider Man, yes. so that's why that art looked like that, uh, which is awesome. Uh, Greg Rucka is writing the. Uh, Lois Lane series and Mike Perkins is the artist. Great to see Greg Ronka back. Yeah, writing more stuff. Those are great teams. But yeah, it was just kind of cool the way this uh, the story is all coming together. I'm kind of a lot more excited about Bendis being on Superman after this. So for those of you who didn't pick it up, the idea is there's Leviathan, which was led by Talia Al Ghul, somebody else who is masked, who certainly is going to turn out to be somebody we know, uh, is now leading that organization, has taken back, and has destroyed all of the big secret organizations in the DC universe, uh, and now is making whatever their final moves are to do whatever their final goal is. We don't know what that is. Uh, And we meet a new slash old character. I think she's been brought up in Bendis' run, who is the secret power broker in Metropolis. She gives him some advice, Leviathan some advice, about taking out Superman, or rather not taking out Superman, um, which is smart and smartly written. And Superman is a broken man and all that stuff I thought was, was really cool. Yeah, this was... It felt like this is what... Bendis was riffing on when he first started writing Superman, where he had this very pointed take on, like, this is what Superman is like. This is what people think of Superman, and I get this. And then a bunch of stuff has happened between it that we've been a little iffy on, yeah. and this is coming back to that again. Yeah. Good. I, I want to start here. Yes. Me yeah. too. So I'm excited about the next issue. That is it for the stack. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we'll chat with you about comic books. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at comic book live. Check us out at comic book club live.com for this podcast and more. Also, subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you at my soda shop for a good old orange Julius seltzer with an onion rib. Oh, man.